Hey everyone, it's Beverly Hallberg. Welcome to a special pop-up episode of She Thinks, your favorite podcast from the Independent Women's Forum where we talk with women and sometimes men about the policy issues that impact you and the people you care about most. Enjoy. I'm Julie Gunlock, the director of the Center for Progress and Innovation at the Independent Women's Forum. I'm joined today by a special guest to discuss vaping and the recent calls to ban e-cigarettes and flavored vape products. Victoria Vasconcelos is a former longtime smoker and the owner of Signot, Inc., which is a retail shop for e-cigarette products. Victoria has made it her mission to ensure that, sh- that smokers receive support and the affordable access to e-cigarettes, which she considers a life-changing alternative to smoking. She has personally assisted tens of thousands of smokers as they navigate the path to quitting traditional cigarettes, and she's a founding member and current president of the Illinois chapter of the Smoke-Free Alternatives Trade Association. Welcome, Victoria. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing great. I, I, I think you mentioned earlier you have coffee and I have coffee and we're ready to dig into this very complex issue. Uh, sadly, too many people, particularly legislatures, don't consider it complex and there's so much uh, sort of confusion out there and misinformation that consumers uh, and particularly non-smokers and people who don't really have any experience trying to quit smoking They also think it's a simple matter of just banning these products. Um, I want to talk about that and why these bans are so dangerous and why it could really turn into a public health disaster. But before we get into that, I want you to tell me a little bit, and and certainly the listeners, a little bit about your journey from a longtime smoker to a a user of vape products and to then owning a retail shop um, and also an advocate for these products and for people's access to them. Let's start off there, and I think – and the reason I want to start off there is I think it's, uh, it's really important to, to hear these stories of how people quit smoking through vape, vape products. Yeah, and, you know, and it's important because, you know, it's about a mission. So in very early 2009, um, I had heard before about uh, electronic cigarettes. Um, they were not really commercially available. And my nephew mentioned to me that he saw one in a bar. So he kind of rekindled my interest. I yeah. found one. I tried it. It was a Joytech 510, and it was just life-changing. I mean, mm. this I was a 33-year smoker. I had wow. uh, purified my uh, Marlboro uh, addiction um, by getting American Spirit in bulk and rolling my own every day. Wow. Um, but I could feel... I would walk up the stairs, and I'm a pretty healthy, active woman who's been in sports, but I, I was winded when I, by the time I got yeah. to the top of the stairs. My cough was so terrible that I would have to leave rooms. I'd have to excuse myself from the dinner table in a restaurant to go outside and cough my lungs out. And, and I tried everything, and I got the C-Sig, and it was, you know, my, my woe moment. Um, was I had left my house to go to Jewel to pick up the groceries and I had forgotten my cigarettes and, mm. and my e-cig and I was driving and I was about to just, you know, do a U-turn and go back home and get them. And, uh, you know, I had been on an e-cig dual using for, you know, a couple weeks then 
And I thought to myself, no, I can, I can actually get through shopping without this binky, you know? And that was my kind of, it was an epiphany that I was out of the clutches of cigarettes and my personal products that I was ordering directly from Joy Tech in China were getting seized at the border. And um, the FDA was considering them a new drug delivery device. And that just made me irate that they would keep someone like me, a longtime smoker who was well on the path to death um, from, from trying this alternative. So right. I started Signot. And, and my, my, my purpose of Signot was that people wouldn't be willing to send their money overseas and perhaps lose it and never get their products because of a seizure. So I was going to take that risk away and allow yeah. smokers, as many as possible, to know that they had this alternative. You say in your bio that you've helped tens of thousands of people. Um, you've helped them navigate this path. And, you know, I, I do think that, that nic- you know, nicot- cigarette addiction um, and wanting to switch to a safer means of delivering that nicotine. And what people, a lot of people don't know is that nicotine, it's, it's actually, it's incredibly sad. IWF did some polling on this. Um, earlier in the year, and it's astonishing to me because we asked the question, you know, do you think nicotine is harmful? So, I mean, the vast majority of people, way over 70%, thought that the nicotine was the harmful thing, um, not the, you know, the burning. And so, you know, you mentioned helping people sort of navigate this system, but you must also be involved in sort of correcting those misinformation that misinformation, that those misconceptions about, about cigarettes and the difference between, or rather about vaping and, and the difference between vaping and e-cigarettes. Do you find that so many people like our poll are totally confused about this issue? I do, but I think it's been a purposeful conflation of yep. the dangers of smoking and nicotine um, to bash e-cigs. And for whatever reason, we could put on tinfoil hats and talk conspiracy theories, but for some reason, there's a group of organizations and people that they, they just want to give this terrible impression of e-cigs. And what I found recently, which is horrifying, is that, you know, where we were once pounding our chest, you know, I, I, I've helped, I've got 65,000 customers um, plus. And, you know, I, I would say, you know, back in 2009, there was no internet information about this. There was, though, the e-cigarette form, and that's right. where everybody convened, and we discussed it all. We improved the product. We put pressure on manufacturers. I mean, truly, truly a consumer-driven industry this has been, yes. and started by, by mostly all consumers, right? I mean, none of us well, were – I mean, I was – I was just a self-employed person, you know, gainfully unemployed is what I always call myself. But, (laughs) you know, I would never have wanted to start a business and have employees. That's just not what I like to do. And this was so important. And as a consumer, I needed other smokers to understand. And, and, you know, we were proud and strong. And what is happening lately is that we're being shamed again. You know, I was a smoker. It's terrible. I mean, people, I thought, people harassing my salespeople in the stores with these inflammatory articles. Let's talk a little bit about that because I've seen that too. And I want to back up just a little bit and talk about how interesting as, as I, I, this is an issue that's fairly new to me as the, I, I, my job at IWF is sort of to examine, examine these sort of moral outrages and these 
pan, public health panics and to say and to look at the data and say, okay, is this actually something to worry about? And so I've this is you know this sort of panic about e-cigarettes is fairly new. And so I have been, and as I was examining it, it was really interesting to me to see how the public health officials, and I agree with you, this is a coordinated, coordinated and intentional effort to misinform the, the public, particularly moms. And so, uh, you know, when I was looking at this, it was interesting to me to see that it used to be, you know, don't smoke, right? And smoking is bad, and you have to, and it slowly changed to, Nicotine is bad. Nicotine is, and that, and the reason is, is because they want to include now vaping in the hysteria of smoking. They want it to be one big package. And so I agree with you that it's intentional, and it's interesting to see how the narrative has changed from smoking is bad to nicotine is bad. Because again, as I said, they can they can then capture um, nicotine um, or or vaping. But Mike, you also mentioned about how you're being shamed. Um, this is also, uh, I think, intentional to try to sort of shame people or embarrass them or somehow paint vaping as as, as bad as smoking. Um, tell me about, uh, expand on that harassment that some of your employees and other people have, have experienced. Well, I think, you know, when you said uh, they've, they've infuriated the moms, I mean, they've weaponized soccer moms is what they've done. Yeah. And, you know, and they have a genuine concern, um, sure. which we share. I, I must say, as a, as a owner of a business, I share that concern. And I recently just fired someone who, who had sold to underage. I mean, it's just right. an, un, it's an unacceptable thing. Um, nobody, no smoker like me wants a kid to start smoking or they, of course, you know, right. um, but you know, I know, like recently, my nephew was at home and a neighbor had crossed the street and was looking at oh. his workshop and, and he had a, a logo of mine that he was painting that I had cut out of wood. And this guy, once he found out what that logo was for, started harassing my nephew. I mean, it's just, it's just the everyday public with strangers are coming up to you and looking down their nose at you because of what they've been reading. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 frightening, uh, you know, and it's 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 actually sad. Well, know, because you know, once we. Meanwhile, you know, uh, at liquor stores, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> employees are, as far as I've heard, I or, or seen have not been targeted like this. And if if people were really concerned about the dangers to teens, they would look at. There's some pretty high high numbers of teen drinking, um, and also. I also wonder why people aren't more concerned with the leading cause of death of teenagers, which is auto accidents. And it's not all drunk driving. It's just reckless driving. And so you've got two major problems in the teenage community and in the young adult community. Um, you know, again, the leading cause of death of young adults and teens is auto accidents. And, and there's um, very high levels of, drink, of underage drinking. And I always feel like this vaping issue is really distracting from issues that are important to young adults and teens, um, it, when you look at actually the data, the CDC data, and I know you know this too, that this whole idea, I mean, of course, we, fine, let's just say that. Let's say we both agree there should, there should be no teen vaping. Teenagers should not have this stuff. And we don't want anyone to pick up the habit, to, you know, who, who, who hasn't previously smoked. But um, the numbers are really inflated. There, there, it's only like 5% of teenagers who smoke habitually 
Um, what the CDC is doing is asking teenagers, hey, did you smoke once in the past 30 days? And they're also not accounting for non-nicotine vape liquid that's available that many of these teenagers are using. So I think the teen vaping issue is, again, being used to demonize retailers and the entire industry. And they're forgetting that people like you and the tens of thousands of people that you've helped um, actually used vaping to cut a va- or to cut out of a really dangerous habit of smoking. Yeah, and that that's what I was going to add. It's almost that there's no offset for our lives, right? We're discounted. You know, yeah. I was a smoker, so my life doesn't matter anymore. I mean, there's right. there's 35 million smokers. There's 14 or 13 million, I believe, now of us that vape, and it's like, wait, don't we count? You know, where do we get added into the into the decision? to ban flavors, which, you know, I was asked yesterday, you know, if you think vapors will turn back to smoking, and I'm like, well, yeah, because there's not going to be any vape shops left. Where are they going to get their stuff? They're going to go, I mean, cigarettes are readily available. I have a question about, now, you know, a lot of people think the vape industry is all jewel. It's all jewel. Everything is jewel, (laughs) right? Disabuse our listeners of that because that's not true, right? Tell us about the individual vape shops and and people like you who manufacture their own flavors and you know. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, I think again because this was a cottage industry, there were no e-liquids available in the United States when I started my shop, and I was having you know because of the supply chain issues with the with being seized at the border, I mean, I had to come up with a solution because I had people that were depending upon me to not buy the next pack of cigarettes. So we started manufacturing e-liquid ourselves. And it really, it started as a supply chain issue. I had to guarantee that they had something available, whatever it was, to keep them from buying, you know, their next pack of figs. Um, Right. So, I mean, I I think that became, you know, uh, you know, we all did that. And obviously now e-liquid is, is, you know, there's a bunch of manufacturers in the United States, but, um, but, but there's also, but, but there's also the, the idea that there's individual vape shops like Signat, you know, it's, it's, there are, you know, it's not like there's a CVS of vape shops, you know, that, that are just, I mean, it's usually, you know, individually owned shops that people who, a lot of them were former smokers cared passionately about, the smoking cessation qualities of these cigarettes and have helped other people sort of kick that habit. Um, so it's not just the liquid, it's also the shops themselves. I mean, these are, this is like, these, this is largely a small business run sort of industry, correct? It is. And you get private guidance in a shop. You know, you go to Jewel yeah. or, or 7-Eleven or whatever, you don't have a clerk that really understands right. the product. That, and, you know, wh- what are you smoking now? How much <laughs> can you, you imagine? Yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to imagine asking. I'm <laughs> yeah, you're, trying to get your donut. you're trying to get your donut and the guy's educating <laughs> him on vaping. So, you know, what, the value add that these small vape shops have, I mean, we're, we're former smokers. We get it. We can completely right. relate. It's like, you know, I, I, we're like built-in addiction counselors, technically. Right. And what Jewel did was they made a marvelous product that people yeah. loved, right? And, and I had been in contact with Jewel prior to them getting big and be, to get my view of how effective is this? You know, is this yeah. going to work for an adult smoker? And so, I mean, I think their intention was the adult smoker. Unfortunately, it is such a cool product that the kids yeah. take it. And then, yeah. 
And then you've got Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids oh, putting up just, all the yeah. social media. I mean, they did all the advertising for Juul to the youth has been through Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids. Oh, and absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. They targeted a younger explain, demographic. Explain that a little bit. Explain that a little bit because you know it's funny. You and I know this issue, and and we're like, you know, we're we're taught. It's funny because sometimes when I write about this issue, my editor has to say, uh, "Julie, you need to explain this paragraph because no, you're you're speaking sort of like you're talking to an audience who understands this issue. Talk a little. Explain that for, yeah, further on the." Campaign for Tobacco Free Kids, their advertisements, how they actually, through scaring kids, actually promoted the very product they don't want kids to have. So just just take a moment to explain that. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they were saying things like, you know, my God, everybody's doing it, and look at, and they had these cool graphics with worms under skin. And I saw a recent YouTube video, and it was, um, they were, these kids were making this young man was making fun of all these commercials that they did. They did one with recently with a heavy metal guy and, yeah. he, you know, kind of a monster like guy, nicotine, you know, and right, um, right, right. you know, that, that, that's the Tide Pod challenge. You know, that's just putting lights yeah. around it to a kid who's, you know, that's what kids do. They buck the system and they're like, yeah, I mean, and so they've yeah. helped, you know, create this whole, what they call an epidemic. And, you know, while you say, you know, it's true that kids aren't using it daily, you know, everybody wants to take a puff. They're not going to be uncool at a party. And that's, right. being, that's being charted as a user of, of vaping products. Well, and as, but, and you, know, and as mom, you know, I don't, I don't want my kids, you know, I have a middle schooler and he's talked about, he's come home and talked about it a little bit. And, you know, I certainly talked to him about it. And, um, but, and as a mom, you know, I, if given the choice between, you know, it seems like the Democrats uh, are, and I, I, you know, I don't mean because that's not true. There's many, as many Republicans who are worked up about this, for goodness sake, President Trump, you know, announcing, uh, announcing uh, that he might ban flavored products. I mean, so I, you know, I, I take that back because there, there's as much hysteria on the right as the left on this issue. Um, but I feel like so often it's a, it's an abstinence 100%. And, you know, look, I, I also, I don't want my child to, to try vaping, but he might. And I certainly would rather him experiment with vaping, which is 95% less harmful than smoking, than trying cigarettes. And that's what's so frustrating to me is that, the, is that there seems to be no recognition that kids are going to probably experiment with stuff. There's a much safer version of that, and there's a that that kids think are that kids think is cooler than smoking because smoking smells, and you know you can't exactly hide it from your parents, and you know there's all this there's smelly smoke, so it's not you know my sister's. You know, my sister's attempts with the towels under the door when we were little didn't work. My mom could smell that on the other side of the house, you know. Um, I know. What, what were we thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I know. And so there seems well, to be, and, and this, go ahead. There's a great deal of data that says that abstinence is a failed strategy, right? I mean, yes, don't have right. sex. So what are right. you going to do, ban condoms? You know, right. I mean, there's right. a reality that humans enjoy pleasure. Kids yep. like to experiment. They enjoy bucking the system. And one of the issues with what they're doing is you can't lie to kids, especially right. now. I remember when I was very young and I was hearing all the marijuana madness. We didn't have the Internet. 
I went to the library and I started reading Mother Jones. And they were lying to me. Public health was lying to me. So I smoked anyway. Because, and and you know what, that's a credibility issue. I would have to tell you that I really don't believe what happened with public health says anymore, because it's always for some monetary reason or to orchestrate the panic or to control the masses or. Well, let's not, let's not forget. Okay. Uh, You know, uh, and we, I've actually written about this quite a bit. Like public health always have these sort of like, oops, things where they like, you know, let's, let's talk about eggs and cholesterol, right? For 20 years, my poor father didn't have a proper omelet. Okay. Or an actual fried (laughs) egg in the morning or any scrambled eggs. He was eating those awful, egg beaters because the doctor said, Hey, you know, you have to, you have to worry about your cholesterol. You have to watch your cholesterol. And then no kidding. Two years ago, you know, HHS and the public health sector comes out and was like, you know what? Um, And they actually, this is the actual statement. Cholesterol is no longer a nutrient of concern. I mean, can you imagine like my poor father has been having egg whites for 20 years. And then suddenly the the HHS is like, you know, uh, we were actually, we were wrong. And so uh, I only bring that up because they do that with, I mean, every 10 days coffee is going to kill you. And then, ah, you know what? Actually, coffee keeps you living longer. You know, it just, <laughs> and it never ends. And butter. Oh, yeah. exactly. The, the whole margarine and butter thing. I mean, I mean, I guess I've always been, my mother was a farmer from Italy, right? So I've always right. been brought up, stay as close to the earth as possible. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's the way it was designed. It's a system. Sure. Don't mess with the system. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I think public health has really lost its credibility. And, and, you know, if there's any saving grace, about what is happening now with these THC deaths is that it is so obvious that they have just utilized this to bash e-cigs when our industry, the electronic cigarette industry, containing nicotine meant to get smokers off of, of uh, yeah. uh, cigarettes, deadly cigarettes, it is so obvious that they are throwing uh, you know, public health to the wind to bash Absolutely. a product that they're against. Absolutely. And in doing that, they are killing people. They are killing we, you people. Know, they are, are literally, yeah. They I are mean, killing people. Yeah. They, they are ki- the, the, This hysteria, this claims that they're going to, and what makes me so mad, I'd like to talk about two other things. First of all, and, you know, I am a, I am a mom of three boys. I'm going to face this stuff, and I feel like when I see women that are afraid of this, on the, a, a friend of mine sent me a, a listing from her listserv, her neighborhood listserv. I don't know if you have those. There are these sort of Yahoo groups. And, you know, if yeah. you live in a certain zip code, you have these. And, and, and actually, they're great fun because usually these little neighborhood spats are hilarious to watch. But so <laughs> they have started, in this one neighborhood where my, my colleague were, or lives, they've started up an anti-vape or a mom's group, right? One of these stroller brigades, you know, where the moms get up there and they're all indignant and angry about some particular thing. And this one is about vaping. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, gosh, I wish I could go talk to them and and reassure them. Um, And one of the things that you hear from a lot of moms is, oh, well, look at these flavors, bubble gum and mango and creme brulee and all this. And when I, when I say, when I do have an opportunity to talk to a mom and I say, you know, actually they've, they've, they pulled adults, former smokers, and and what what kind of, what flavor you know? And you'd think, well, it's tobacco. They want tobacco. No, they want these delicious flavors. Who wouldn't want the taste of bubble gum over tobacco? And so, um, one thing that frustrates me is one of the calls is to ban 
particular flavors. So they'd leave the tobacco flavor out there, but they to ban certain flavors. Menthol is another one. And it frustrates me so much because th- that that is going to drive people, you know, back to smoking. If you take the flavor away, the, the very reason they're vaping is because they like all these different flavors. And again, polling shows adults like this. It's not just kids. There really, there are, you know, tobacco flavor and e-cigs and vaping is flavorless, period. Yep. You have to yep. add, add every yep. flavor. So there are attempts to create tobacco flavors. And, you know, yep. when I get a 70-year-old that's been, you know, smoking right. camel forever, you know, you do transition them initially to uh, something that might be like a camel flavor. And it's, right. it's not a good semblance of the flavor. It's hard to create a decent tasting tobacco right. flavor or something that's similar because you cannot duplicate combustion and that's right. part of it. So, you know, you try that, but then their taste buds start coming alive in about a week and a half. And they're like, man, this tastes like crap. <laughs> you know, yeah. and they do. Yeah. Want, why shouldn't they have strawberry sherbet for their vape? Right. You know, and they but, like but, that but, flavor. But, they, but, but people act like, Adults don't like the, what adult doesn't like the flavor of bubblegum? I mean, it's not just, it, it, they act like this is, oh, this is definitely, this is, uh, you know, definitely an attempt to attract kids, but it, that's just wrong. It's actually not true. Okay. It's, they're discounting me, you know, and right. I'm going to say me, they're discounting me. Like, you know, because I've been baking peach for 10 years or pomegranate. Yeah. Why, why do you think I should go have, go back to having to taste Marlboro? Why do you right. think you should impose that upon me? Don't I get, because right. uh, I'm a smoker, I don't get to have pleasure? Well, the, but, but again, the, the argument is, does make sense to some people if they say, because most people don't know that you've been smoking pomegranate and peach for 10 years. Most people think that a lifetime smoker who switches to vaping would want the taste of tobacco, would want the, the, the flavor of tobacco. So they don't understand. So, that, so to them, and they think that the only reason these vape shops and individual um, you know, companies um, have developed these sweeter flavors is just to attract kids. And that, I feel like that's a really important thing that we need to debunk, that, that people, like you said, you know, they, they, they have uh, they, they, their taste buds come alive and their, their preferences may change and they're still getting the satisfaction of the nicotine without all the harm, but they're getting it with a really nice flavor. And I just, it frustrates me that people think the only reason these sweet flavors and fruit flavors exist are to, you know, get the 13 year old hooked. It's just not true. And that's why it's so important and so great that you're out there talking about this. You know, sometimes like I say, oh, well, you know, there's a poll that says that most, you know, most vapors actually, and, and it's like, eh, you know, you're talking data, you sound like a robot you know it's great to hear it from people who actually have like you said used peach for peach is something that i'm sure a lot of kids would be attracted to but in fact that's your you're a grown adult and that's your flavor of choice that's so important for people to know it is it is and you know um i I pointed this out recently you know uh, again these thc cards they're finding when they test um, these vape pens that they're collecting yeah. at schools, that a great many of them are containing THC, uh, yep. which is, you know, very, very dangerous, obviously, when it's on the black market. But they come in all kinds of lovely blue raz and, you know, right, lovely right. flavors, just like e-liquid does. And if you think that a kid is picking up a THC card and, and vaping that, for the blue raspberry flavor, flavor and not to get yeah. buzz, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. They're, they're picking that's it crazy. up to get the buzz. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the THC issue. And again, this is an, another misconception. And we'll finish on this. But 
it, it's it, it's true that these that this is not um, these infections and these these respiratory issues and deaths have not been connected to um, you know FDA approved liquid. That's correct, right? Oh yeah, it's water based. These are this has to do with an oil. And you know who's been fabulous in reporting this is Leafy Magazine. Um, they were on this from almost day one. There was a yep. new additive thickener out there. And again, there is this big chasm of, you know, and it's a regulatory issue where the FDA cannot create standards for additives. Um, because it's illegal federally, right. while states are rushing to make them legal, but don't have the science departments to right. to do these test this testing. So you know that that regulatory chasm needs to be bridged somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you could not you could not put oil in an e-cig. It is a different type of atomizer. It would clog it up. You would get a dry hit, and it would burn out. It, it, yeah. it would not be vapable. And I can't tell people because I have customers that come in, are these safe? And I'm like, yeah, you can't put oil in this stuff. It would kill your Addy in a day. You know, you would know, yeah. believe me. Yeah. And, it, and it's yeah. water and oil. You would see it, right, in your tank. Right. It would separate. So, um, yeah, the, this THC thing, and again, calling it, when the CDC called it e-cigs, perhaps they're not aware of our terminology, but yeah. I was talking to a painter the other night, a young man, and this was two nights ago. So this is very recent. And I said, hey, are you aware that there's black market THC cards and that's what's causing the lung issues? And he was like, oh, no, I thought it was e you know, that's right. so they're right. using the wrong term, and even oh, but after they're, and being it's not, told, and I look. I have I happen to believe this is intentional. Um, it is a way to stoke fears using people's sort of. Um, I hate the word ignorance, but really the, the, using people's ignorance of how these particular devices actually work, and 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 that there is the existence of a black market. And what what frustrates me so much is they're they're you know claiming oh we're now now you know public health is con- say, con- say, saying they're concerned about this black market of illicit pro- uh, uh, products. Um, yeah, they're at the same breath. They're talking about making other things illegal. Um, how do they think black markets grow? Um, they're going to make it worse. Uh, so it's it is you know I, I I do think that they were slow to point out to people that this is THC related, and this is oils, and this is um, these you know things that are not FDA approved that you're bringing into your lungs. They were slow to really make that distinction because I think they did use it as an opportunity to make people afraid about cigarettes in general you know they're sort of like they're desperate for a smoking gun for something that shows harm and and because they don't have that they thought this was their opportunity absolutely salivating at the idea of making people more afraid and damaging the industry maybe i'm paranoid maybe i'm conspiratorial no but i I think they i I think they underestimate our resolve i mean you saved my life and i've got 65,000 people probably 80% of which have, you know, converted for life and it saved yep. their life and, and they underestimate how hard people will fight to save their own life, you know, and, well, and don't forget a- 1300 will die today from smoking related. That's illness. Right. You can never, ever lose sight of that, of the big picture. Yes. Well, listen, Victoria, you are a passionate advocate and so informative and I'm so glad you came on. Um, Tell well, our listeners you. where they can find out more about you if you're 
if you have, uh, you know, a website or, um, you know, talk a little bit about um, your work uh, for the trade association, just give them a little bit of information on, on how to reach you. Well, I am, uh, I'm the current president of the Smoke-Free Alternatives Coalition of Illinois, and certainly if you're a business owner in Illinois, you should, you should be part of our membership. Um, that website is uh, sfacoil.org. And, you know, if you have any questions, I'm, I am pretty much the sole customer service person for my company um, online, and uh, I take this very, very personally. If you have any questions on vaping, my email address is vicky with an I at signot.com, and that's like cigarette, not, C-I-G-N-O-T dot com. So I'm happy to answer any questions you ever have and give you studies or whatever I need to do for you. Right. So instead of going to the 7-Eleven and trying to ask the 15-year-old clerk hard questions about things, it's much better better to support a small small business business like Signot, um, which is helping thousands of people every day, and Victoria, helping thousands of people every day kick a very dangerous habit. I'm really glad that you were able to quit smoking, Victoria. I think that's a, it's a wonderful story, and it's so important, and really hope that these products are uh, left on, in the marketplace or for, other, for other people who are struggling with that addiction. I do as well, and thank you for having me on, Julie. Well, this was a great uh, podcast. Victoria, you were a great, uh, a great guest. Thanks so much. Um, we hope you, the listener, take away something new from today's conversation. And if you enjoyed this episode of She Thinks or like the podcast in general, we'd love it if you could take a moment to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes. This helps ensure our message reaches as many Americans as possible. Share this episode and let your friends know they can find more She Thinks episodes on their favorite podcast app. From all of us here at IWS, remember, you're in control. I think, you think, she thinks.